more Pick 6 is coming up. But first, it's Andy's turn. A random ranking of music, food, movies, sports, and anything else Andy wants to make a list for. Chime in with your reaction on the Laser or Andy Hall Radio Facebook pages. It's Andy Hall's Pick 6 on Laser 103.3. On this day in 1981, Ozzy Osbourne released his second album as a solo artist. Diary of a Madman went on to sell over 3 million copies worldwide and was the album Ozzy was touring on during his infamous Vets Auditorium show in January of 1982, in which he bit the head off a bat. It was also, sadly, the last album featuring guitarist Randy Rhodes, who tragically died in a plane crash in March of 82. Today I'm giving you my pick six Ozzy albums. Starting with number six, The Ultimate Sin. And honestly, part of me wondered if maybe No Rest for the Wicked would be a better fit, being Zach Wilde's first album with the band and all. But ultimately, see what I did there? It was the strength of two specific songs that put this album over the other, Shot in the Dark and Killer of Giants, both absolute classics from the Prince of Darkness. In at number five, Bark at the Moon. This was Jake E. Lee's first album with Ozzy following the death of Randy Rhodes. Pretty crazy to imagine having to follow in those footsteps, right? But the proof is in the track listing, which includes one of Ozzy's all-time most memorable, the title track. Perhaps the best example of what Lee brought to the table in those tumultuous times. Coming in at number four, No More Tears. The best-selling album of Ozzy's career was also one of the most daring in terms of a attempting different sounds and sonic landscapes. That renewed sense of experimentation may have been a byproduct of Ozzy becoming clean and sober. Instead of experimenting with drugs and alcohol, which had become his M.O. for two plus decades, he channeled that energy into his songs to the benefit of the album. At number three, 1995's Osmosis. Don't call it a comeback. This album's lineup was a sign that not only did Ozzy have no intention of retiring, he was back with a vengeance. Zach Wilde, Geezer Butler, Dean Castronovo, and Rick Wakeman. That might be be his greatest overall supporting cast since the Sabbath days. Then there were the songs, including one co-written by Lemmy with See You on the Other Side. And then there's classics like Perry Mason on top of that. Love this album. Always have. Ranking number two, Ozzy's debut as a solo artist, Blizzard of Oz. What else can be said that hasn't already been said? After his dismissal from Sabbath, Ozzy was down in the dumps to say the least. Enter Sharon Arden, daughter of Ozzy's then manager Don Arden. Credit where it's due, Sharon straightened him up smacked him in the face and woke Ozzy up to the fact that his life was not over, nor was his career. Assemble a band around him, including the late, great Randy Rhodes, put together some catchy hooks to go with those killer riffs, and Ozzy had indeed risen from the dead. Down to the Ozzy album I believe to be his absolute best, coming in at number one, Diary of a Madman. In terms of strength of songs, top to bottom, when examining these bodies of work in their entirety, all things considered, Diary emerges the clear winner in my eyes and ears. The historical significance of the album, again celebrating its 41st anniversary today, especially in terms of Rhodes' untimely passing, serves as a time capsule that continues to be celebrated by rock and metal fans all these years later. Something that stands the test of time and has not gotten tired. This one will always be my favorite of Ozzy's. Interested to see your opinions on the matter. Feel free to chime in. That was Andy Hall's Pick 6. Looking for your thoughts and opinions on the Laser or Andy Hall Radio Facebook pages? Stay tuned. Your Pick 6 is coming at the top of the hour on Laser 103.3.